Absolutely. I think going through the process of creating something, you really learn a lot about yourself, your likes, your dislikes, your gifts, your weaknesses, and my thoughts, my my thinking is a little bit more clear because I say it out loud and produce that content. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the brand new You Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you build your brand. We meet here each week to learn how building your brand can help you grow your influence, amplify your online visibility, and ultimately impact your career. I'm your host, Ryan Roten, and today's guest is one of the most creative finance people I have ever met. David Mariano is the founder of Finance Career Launch. David is a finance executive with experiences in investment banking and acquisitions and mergers, and he has created the Finance Career Launch as a way to share his experiences with younger professionals who are eager to advance their own career. But as I mentioned just a moment ago, David is not all numbers and spreadsheets. He's also a podcaster, a blogger, a musician, a mentor, and a coach. His goal is to help people build more valuable lives and businesses, and he somehow manages to do all of this while working a full-time job. David, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the brand new You Show. Ryan, thanks so much for having me here. I'm I'm looking forward to getting into this conversation. The first question that I always ask each and every one of my guests before we get started is, if you could vacation in only one place for the rest of your vacation days, where would you go? I would say Grand Cayman Island. A good friend of mine had his wedding there about six, seven years ago, and it was right before my wife and I actually got married, so that was one of our first vacations together, and it's the only place I've been in those tropical areas that the beach actually looks like the postcard. I mean, the the sand, the water, the trees, the sky, it was perfect, Uh, so I... If you're talking about beach vacation, that's that's the one place I'd go back to time and time again. All right, as I mentioned at the beginning in the intro here, you are definitely not a stereotypical, and I use those that term with my you know my fingers up in the air quotes air quotes uh, finance person, and I mean that really in the best possible way. You are actually a very creative individual. You do podcasts, you do blogging, you play guitar, you've been a voice instructor. So the first question I want to ask you is, what does the song It's Still Rock and Roll to Me by Billy Joel mean to you? <laughs> that's funny. I know, I know where you got that. Uh, so my mom tells this story that, that that's the earliest musical memory I have anyway, or, or she has of me, is that when I was a baby, I don't even think I could walk it. I would sit there and bounce to that song. My mom is a Billy Joel fan. I have been a Billy Joel fan since I was a kid. And so that is, I guess, the first sign as a, as a little baby before I could even walk that I enjoyed music. I liked Billy Joel and, and I could possibly uh, hold, a, hold a tune or, or at least stick to a rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that's where your love for music came from? Yeah, I mean, I think it was always around. My mom loves music. She doesn't really sing much or play anything. She's just always loved it. We had a piano in the house growing up. I didn't really have an interest in learning how to play, but I always sang. I was always in choirs. I played a couple instruments, and I think I just really enjoyed it. I enjoy the the sound. The, I mean, it's really a feeling you get, especially being a part of like a band or a, or a choir. There's just this resonance that you feel when there's harmony and just beautiful music being played, and I think that was just always – it just always impacted me, and I remember some of those – 
concerts that we did where it was just this 50, 75 voices just in harmony and you could feel it. You can feel the vibrations when it's that good. So I, yeah, I guess it's just always something that I've enjoyed and I still enjoy singing and playing a little guitar. Don't do it as much as I used to, but I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, if, you know, if you go through your LinkedIn profile, for example, clearly you were on a finance path from the get go, you know, having gone to school for that. And then, you know, your different leadership positions that you've held throughout your career in the finance industry. Tell me at what point you said, you know what? I, I, I have this creative musical side of me. I'm going to form a studio. Well, there's a there's probably a lot of detail to lead up to that. But I, at, at a certain point, I, I realized that just for so long, like you said, I was just kind of head down in the finance business space. And I, and I did enjoy it. I enjoyed a lot of pieces of it. But I felt like at the time I had just really denied a lot of the other parts of who I was. And in a way, back then, it's I felt like I just didn't even know who I was after close to 10 years of working because I spent so much time. I mean, in this, in this industry, in the investment banking industry, when you start, you're working easily 80, 90 hours a week, sometimes more, sometimes a little less, but you're easily grinding out that much. So those first 10, you know, 9, 10 years, it, it might as well have been 15, 18 years, right? So it's just you're just grinding and, you know, I sacrificed a lot that did well. And there were a lot of good things that came out of that. But at a certain point I realized, you know, I, there's more to me. Uh, I need better relationships. I need to get back to being healthy again. You know, I was a wrestler in college and I used to be in pretty good shape. And then it just, it really wore on me. So I, I kind of, it was a whole life change thing that happened where I actually left the industry for a period of time. And I, I took that opportunity to say, all right, I, I think I'm going to give this a shot. I, I started playing the guitar again. I started singing a lot. Uh, and it, uh, I'm maybe a little embarrassed to admit now that it started back at karaoke after soccer games on Saturday nights. But hey, <laughs> hey, gotta, hey <laughs> I, I listened to your videos on YouTube, man. You should not be embarrassed. You've got a good voice. <laughs> I'm just embarrassed that it started at karaoke. That's all. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where it started. And then I said, you know, what? I, I'm going to try this music thing. I, I went to a songwriting camp at Na- in Nashville for a week before this all happened. And so I toyed with, hey, do I just pick up and, you know, throw it all in and, and see if I can become a music, you know, a musician, an artist? Um, I decided against that for a variety of reasons. But I said, well, maybe I can teach. Maybe I can. I, I'd run workshops for free. I'd taught friends for free. And I said, maybe I can create a business around this. And I was paying attention to some other people that were doing some things online. So I started, you know, trying to do, trying to build an online presence and then also give, you know, face-to-face lessons. And it just, yeah, it was just something that I, I, I at the time I said, why not? Why not give it a shot? Uh, we had no kids at the time. My wife was working. So we, we could kind of take some time to give this a shot. And I did. I, I tried it for about a year. I'm wondering if maybe your music career and, you know, getting familiar with the microphones and singing and all that kind of helped to spur the launch of what might be considered, and you tell me if I'm wrong, your first kind of online product, which was your Leadership Success Podcast. Yeah, I think because there's definitely some connection where my love for music to podcasts, that's how it started for me. I started listening to How Stuff Works. That was back in 2008 when no one was listening to podcasts. I was trying to get this thing on my BlackBerry still, right? When 
it's just it's even funny to think that that's how I was trying to listen to it, or or I'd have to download it to my my iPod, right? <laughs> that's how we had to do it back then. So I think I just I discovered podcasts somehow. I don't remember how, but it I, I realized after a certain point I have the the some of the equipment, the microphones and the mixing board, or I was able to borrow whatever I didn't have from friends because I know other people that are musicians. And I just started talking and I just felt more comfortable going from an outline to the spoken word. And then the audio editing part, honestly, is easy for me. I, th- I think what I do sounds pretty good, but um, yeah, I just, yeah, it's, it's, it, it was kind of a, there's definitely a relationship between my love for music and my love for podcasts and then jumping into to giving that a shot. Right, right. Now, the Leadership Success Podcast is still available to people on iTunes. Can you just briefly uh, let everybody know what it's about and kind of who's it for? Yeah, well, it's generally about leadership and business. Uh, the, one of the reasons I stopped doing it, though, is because I realized after doing about 50, 60 episodes that I was kind of unfocused. It started with leadership topics around leadership of self and leadership of other people, leadership of organizations. And then I, I, I started to realize for me, it was a learning process. It was a little bit of self-discovery and, and doing the podcast in my first website that I, I really enjoyed talking to people about other topics too, about marketing and sales. And it, it, it deviated a little bit from, about from leadership, but it's definitely kind of a personal development podcast related to business people for the most part. But yeah, you can still you can still listen today. Would you say that the podcast, just the act of doing it and forcing yourself to go out every week and to find content and to write about content, do you think that kind of forced you to get more focused at the same time? You know, it kind of broadened your mind and made you see things a little bit differently than what you may have otherwise had you not started the podcast? Absolutely. I think I learned just as much about myself and about other topics from the podcast. Like I said, it was really a self-discovery exercise more than I even realized when I started. I, I definitely agree. Do Going through the process of creating something, you really learn a lot about yourself, your likes, your dislikes, your gifts, your weaknesses. And for me, I, I've realized that it talking out loud or writing, both of those practices help me clarify my thoughts a little bit more. So each time I cover a topic, maybe I hit it in a slightly different way. I could cover a topic now that I covered two years ago on that podcast, and I'll probably have a slightly different angle. And my my thoughts, my, my thinking is a little bit more clear because I say it out loud and produce that content. How do you think that podcast helped you get to the point where you said, you know what, I have a lot of valuable experiences to offer the finance community. And so I want to help them through the finance career launch. So a couple things on that. When I stopped doing it, I would say 18 months or so went by and I really started to miss it. I, I was thirsting to create something again. I didn't feel writing was really the thing. And I just wanted to do another podcast. I mean, I, I realized how much I enjoyed speaking into a microphone, even the editing process, and just trying to distill a 30, 45-minute conversation down to some bullet points and trying to get, you know, even coming up with a headline to get people to listen and click and all that. I just really enjoyed that whole process, and I missed it. 
And so what I, I started thinking, okay, what, what am I going to do next? And that's when the light bulb hit, went off or I could have slapped myself in the forehead almost. I realized, hey, I, people have been asking me whether it's students or young professionals for career advice my whole life. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy mentoring. I enjoy giving back. I enjoy just having conversations with people who are looking to do something, who are looking to grow or change their careers or, or whatever. And and I realized, oh, people are asking me about this stuff already. So why, why am I ignoring it? And so I, I just said, all right, I'll, I'll focus on finance careers because that's that's what people are already asking me about. And I, I think that's way more focused than I was before. It's still tempting to kind of meander sometimes, but yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. Is I I kind of just started listening and stopped ignoring what people were looking to me for. And I I think part of it was my it was a little bit of a healing process when I left the industry. I because I was so burnt out, I kind of almost pushed the finance thing away because I, you know I didn't even think I was I didn't even think I fit in the finance or business world anymore. That was how far I, the pendulum had had swung. But at, after a certain point, I realized no, no, I. I've had this experience for a certain reason. I, I, I know these things. I, I don't have to, to kind of fit the mold and I can bring my own flavor to it. I can also share what I know with, with people, two people who are already asking for that. the way that you share what you know with people is through the financecareerlaunch.com in exchange for an email address you actually have a really cool seven video series that you'll walk people through that you that you call the seven pillars of success in finance as we look at the different pillars of success with in pillar 1 you start out with something that I thought was very interesting I like for you to explain it just a little bit but how does the start of a movie and really any movie kind of relate to our careers? I guess what I was trying to do is give people context about that these pillars were kind of generic in a way that they're, I, I was trying to just warn people, hey, don't come here expecting to just get finance, technical numbers, because that's not what this is going to be. One of the reasons I started the site, the podcast, is that I went through this process, this development, this journey and a lot of other people do too. And I, I feel like you you get into finance because you're a numbers person. You might gravitate towards that naturally. You may be naturally good at it. But what I went through is it, it was it was a real process, a real learning process to understand that there are a lot of other skills that matter in business, in relationships, in everything really. And all I was trying to do is kind of set that up to say, listen, we're going to go through these seven pillars. You, I, we're all at varying stages of development in these. And don't expect that you can just check the box saying, yep, I'm an expert in that one. No, I'm terrible in this one and I'll never be good at it. I think these were all, I was trying to just communicate. These are all lifelong skills, habits, mindsets that we need to develop to be a, not just a complete business person, but a complete person, a complete husband, wife, father, mother. These are they may seem mushy, they may seem soft, and some people probably think they're irrelevant, but I think they're some of the most important things that we need to work on in our business careers. What, what is it when you think of the term lifelong learner? What is it that you think of? I think of someone who just never thinks they've arrived. They are willing to read 
books that they've read before or read new books that about the same topics that they may feel or other people may even look to them as an expert on. Uh, I don't I don't think you can ever learn too much about that process. There's always something new to learn. And that's what that's what I think about it's just someone who never thinks they've arrived, always is looking for more information, resources and experiences to just expand their understanding of their area of expertise. Yeah, that that video is such a good segue, I think, into your second pillar, which is all about curiosity. And there's a quote that's on your site from Albert Einstein that I love, which is, I have no special talent. I am only passionately curious. How can insatiable curiosity help your career? Gosh, I think it's I think it's part of the foundation. And because business is so it's so fluid. I mean, it's ever changing. Each organization is different. I just think there's always so much to learn. And, and just like with the setup video, I don't think anyone really arrives. I think people can get really good, but there's always new stuff to learn. And I think it's rooted in that just curiosity to understand and dig and, and look at things from different angles. And I like the Einstein quote, but there's another book, How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. And there are just some great exercises in there about how to think about certain things. And and it's just amazing to me how some people can take topic like music, let's say, and, and almost take a science approach to it and look at it from different angles. And he was just a master of really understanding things from different angles and, and using different paradigms to almost overlay them over something that seems irrelevant. But that's how you get to understand things. So those are that's just that's what that means to me. I think if you partner that curiosity that Da Vinci had, you know, seeing things from all these different angles, but also then partner it with his technical competence, which is the actual skill, you know, taking the chisel and the mallet to the marble. Um, you know, obviously, if we relate that to finance, technical competence is really an important piece of how well or successful you will be in your career. But do you think it's possible to be focused too much on being technically competent? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's I think I fell short there for years because technical the technical competence is just a piece of it. So you put the information together, right? You can be in the technical side and building the models, but you have to be able to then communicate those things to other people. And that's where where you can really get lost. And if you're just stuck in the numbers, sometimes people gravitate towards theory versus what works, or we can value a business all we want, but the true value is in what people agree on. It's negotiated, right? So that so that involves communication, negotiation skills, interpersonal skills, relationship skills, and just that concept alone brings in so many other things that if you just ignore all that other stuff, I don't I don't think you can do very well. You can argue academically, you know, numbers driven analysis only so long before people get tired of that and just say, you know, that's Let's talk like human beings, right? Let's let's talk about other things that are important, not just the numbers. Right, right. One of the things as I was going through these videos is how well each of the pillars tie together. And you you just alluded to this just a second ago. And I think the fourth pillar is something that really all of us need to work on, including myself. How important is our ability to communicate then to impact our career? Yeah, I think this might be the biggest one. Every day in your career, no matter what field you're in, you're, you're working with people. I mean, people make businesses work. 
it's whether you're on the, the shop floor, you need to be able to receive information for how to make your parts. And if there's a problem, you need to be able to communicate that to someone else. If you're in quality, same thing. If you're if you're an engineer, I mean, gosh, there's so much need for communication between engineering and other people, right? If you're in sales, you certainly need to be able to communicate with customers and, and internally. And, and all of those functions, accounting, finance, it doesn't matter. Now, people have people seem to be survive with weak communication skills, but to really thrive, that's what that's really what's important to me is how do you how do you advance your career? How do you be successful? How do you as this lifelong learner, you should want to get better at these things, not just dismiss them as someone else's job or not my job or or not important to what I do. So I, I just think communication is really the foundation of almost everything. Because if you can't, then you know, people either get confused, they dismiss what you say, and, and, and things don't move forward. Things don't actually grow and progress. Things don't move forward either when people look at a process or something that needs done and the first thought that enters their mind is, that's not my job, which is, which is why I think Pillar 5, which is all about attitude, you know, and it's something, frankly, that's been brought up on this show over and over and again. Uh, but I always like to find out, you know, in, in your own words, how do you think attitude impacts your career? It's so foundational. And I think, again, this, if I'm just being transparent, this is an area I still struggle with today. If, if I'm tired or the kids are driving us crazy, I mean, just attitude just impacts how you communicate, the way you look at someone, the way you say something to people. It can really influence your day so much where, it can make you have a great day and enjoy what you're doing. It can impact your productivity. It can impact your relationships with other people. And what it took me a long time to realize is that we all have a lot more control over our attitude than we think. And, and that's something I've heard since I was a kid. But at least for me, sometimes it's really hard to get out of that death spiral of thoughts of negativity. But the, the truth is when sometimes I just need to take a walk or I need to take a deep breath or just go take a break somewhere. And, and having some breathing room between doing things is important because for me anyway, I think I feel the best and I'm most productive when there's this cycle of renewal and work because that, that little cycle there really impacts my attitude and it makes me more productive. It makes me probably more fun to work with, uh, nicer, you know, all, all the things that that, uh, that are important, I think, to, to having a great organization and a great career. So as we move into the last couple of pillars here, number six is one that's going to make some people nervous when they hear it. But is it better to stand out or to stand alone? <laughs> you do want to stand out. Everyone wants to excel and be promoted and all that stuff is good. There's nothing wrong with being ambitious, wanting to do well, wanting to whatever you consider success, whether that is getting promoted or getting more money or whatever. All that stuff is good. But I, I caution people on taking that too far where you push yourself away from other people and you may end up standing alone. I do think that although business itself can be competitive, both company versus company and products and all that, I don't always think too much competition inside of business is a good thing. I think people can alienate each other I think teamwork breaks down. 
And I think that often comes from just wanting to do well, wanting to take care of number one, right? You want to take care of number one because no one else is going to do that for you. Well, my beliefs over the years have changed and I think people do better. I think organizations are better when people are generous towards each other, towards customers, towards you know everyone in the community. And that really gets broken down when you're trying to stand out too much for yourself. And I think that can really, that can isolate you, that can make the teamwork break down and just not deliver, that'll result in maybe not great, great outcomes. aspect for me at least uh, in my career for teamwork really relates to what you talk about in the seventh pillar. Can you tell me how we can all use one, just one of our 21 mils that we eat every week to help us with our careers? Yeah, I think I think one of the ways we can do that is to meet someone. It can be someone within your company, within your, you know, your your close circle of people that you associate with who doesn't do something that you do. I think there is a lot of learning to be had when you interact with people from different functions, different areas of your business or different areas of different industries even. Just pushing yourself to meet someone who doesn't do what you do every day so you can share just different angles. It's back to this learning thing of being curious and asking really great questions of that other person about what they do. And I really think you can learn something about yourself how to approach your career in new ways from other people. For me, I often have learned a lot from people in marketing. People in marketing approach things differently. They think about things in much different ways, but part of my job is marketing. And if I can bring whatever skills I've learned from that other individual through that one meal that week back to the business where I am and back to what I do, I think I think I get better from that. And I think another another way, and we've already again, there's a lot of things we alluded to right at the very beginning that we're you know kind of bringing full circle right now. But another great way to do that is to also use maybe one of those same meals to listen to different podcasts. And you have a podcast now that is active called the Finance Career Launch Podcast. Can you tell me how did you get to the point where you said, okay, I, I think I, I want to do the pod, I want to do the podcast, and who should be tuning into it? Yeah, I mean. Uh, as I mentioned before, just I view podcasts as a great learning opportunity for people. It's the only mobile medium, really. You can be walking around town on your lunch break and and throw your headphones in and still be listening to a podcast. It's harder to do that while watching a video or, or reading text walking down the street. You get hit by a bus. So I think I love the podcast medium and just wanted to start sharing my experiences, thing that things that I observe, but also bringing other people's stories into it. It's so I, it's a it's a twice a week podcast. One is an interview that releases on Monday, and then on Thursdays now it's a sh- much shorter episode. I usually try to keep them less than ten minutes of just something that either I observe some an experience I've been through, something that's helped me, or I take a lot of those opportunities to just answer people's questions that I've received through email or. You know, if they call me up on the phone and ask a question, I often try to answer those right away, but then also introduce those on the podcast. Yeah, it's called Finance Career Launch, and it's for people, I would say, in in the mid-level of their finance careers, and it could be financial professionals and financial services or even 
people in corporate finance in inside businesses who are helping run those departments. And I would say people you know, in their first and second decades of their career, that's that's who it applies to most right now. Although over time, I I think it'll evolve into something much bigger than that. Obviously, the podcast is one way that people can reach out or you know contact you. What are some other ways that they can get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, if you if you go over to financecareerlaunch.com, there's a big blue button on that first page there. Uh, that's how you can sign up to get that seven-part video series. And I'll shoot you an email after that, and, and you can feel free to email me that way. But it's my email address there is david at financecareerlaunch.com. Uh, and my, my day job is at Western Reserve Partners in, in Cleveland here. And you can also find my information on that website as well. All right, David, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to speak with us. Thanks very much, Ryan. Take care. Did you notice that out of the seven pillars, only one is related to technical competence? And that pillar, pillar number three, was really more about making sure that you don't rely on your technical competence too much. And what's interesting about our careers is that most of us go to college, community college, or even apprenticeships to learn a trade of some kind. We go there to learn how to become technically competent. Yet, out in the quote-unquote real world, our technical competence turns out to only take us so far. And in order to thrive, as David said, we have to learn these softer skills outlined in the seven pillars. So if you want to thrive in your career, finance or not, I encourage you to head on over to financecareerlaunch.com and sign up for David's course. And please don't let the name fool you. The pillars will, in fact, support all of us, regardless of our vocations. Thank you, David, for sharing your time with us. And a special thanks goes out to you, the listener, for tuning in today. You can find the show notes and the links to everything that David and I discussed over on the blog at ryanroten.com forward slash David Mariano. If you're new or enjoying the show, please don't forget that you can leave a five-star rating or review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or your podcatcher of choice. And I encourage you, once you've done that, to play a round of share the show with a friend or a coworker. That wraps us up for today. So until next week, I've been Ryan, and I'm out. Today's show was edited and produced by Ryan Roden. The transition music is Tropical Island Loop by N-Dub Music. And the intro and outro, as always, is Pulse by Soundroad.